Hey tribe, welcome to Word Up with Danny Katz, your one-stop 5D superhero listening spot. Now, here at Word Up, we host a number of different podcast series, including Words Are Matter, Planetary Service Announcements, Witchy Life Hacks, The Conscious Awesome Show with my amazing co-host, Justin Polgar. It's where we play Spot the Propaganda together, and it's where we have high-vibe, deep-diving conversations with amazing humans. So be sure to hit that subscribe button and stay tuned for this week's episode. We're calling today's Conscious Awesome show Q4 because it's just so fun to say. In this show, we're exploring the four different quadrants of intelligence. It's a juicy one, and I know you're going to dig it. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so that you're... Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to the Conscious Awesome Podcast with your hosts, Justin Polgar, that's me, and Danny Katz, that's me. Danny Katz, that's you. I think if we say it that way, then the screen will show your face when you say Danny Katz and my face when I say Justin Polgar. Right. We're learning here. For our vast worldwide audience. So many beautiful and aware and awake consciousnesses, conscious nigh. Con- many of consciousnesses is tuning into this frequency. I feel really honored and grateful to be able to also tune into this frequency, open my mouth and see what comes out. Hooray! <laughs> I'm so excited to be here with you today. What are we talking about? Well, uh, after much very uh, back and forth about possible topics, because there's just so much we can speak to in this conscious awesome field. Uh, we have arrived at, and I want to have a voice effect when I say this, somatic intelligence. Oh, I thought we were doing all intelligence and just adding somatic into the mix of the other intelligences that you were so excited to speak about. Oh my goodness, that is news to me and very exciting. Oh, this happened before with the Lost and Found show. This is great. We're in an adaptable space. Luckily, yeah. you have notes on all of this, all, on everything that we're speaking to. Yeah, I wasn't hijacking the intelligence conversation. I was adding to the intelligence conversation. You're ex- you are expanding intelligence. Yes. And the multitude of varieties of intelligence. Yes. Just so the have... audience can, can keep up with our conversation. Justin had suggested doing a show on IQ, EQ, and RQ. EQ being emotional intelligence, RQ being relational intelligence. And then I texted later in the day and said, let's toss somatic intelligence into the mix. Yes, that brings us up to speed. And we have then, we have a bunch of things to talk about here. Uh, mostly let's, let's create a, a box, a boundary, a cube. Let's create a prism in which we can play with these different intelligence because they're all really important in the human game. 
they're all really important for us to optimize our flow, our interactions, both internal dialogue and external, and um, you know, really embrace embrace this gift we have called human life. <laughs> so, so what inspired you? I'm curious to know what inspired this topic. Well, the topic of emotional intelligence has been more and more prevalent. I feel like, at least in my observation, at least in my sphere, it's becoming a more common term that people use, emotional intelligence. And I think where it was getting a lot of uh, traction was in the psychedelic therapy space and talking about consciousness expanding and the, the difference of getting your mind blown and expanding your consciousness. Because, I mean, as someone who likes to collect galactic facts and such uh, and find things that are mind, like mind blowing, I love having my mind blown. People that I speak to sometimes are not available for their minds to be blown. And it's a wiser move to take an incremental step towards expanding just a wee bit intelligence or expanding the mind. So uh, emotional intelligence, as it has uh, started to become presented in my sphere, um, and how it's going to be applicable as we expand our consciousness through psychedelic therapies, through just the state of the world, and through necessity, uh, emotional intelligence becomes more and more important for our internal gain and knowing how to keep our nervous system in a calm and balanced space, for example. Uh, so as, as we expand our awareness of what is, having emotional intelligence curriculum, like we will be uh, sharing in the School of Yesology, these kinds of things become more and more important because having more awareness without consciousness is just batshit crazy feeling because because like too much it's too much there's too many things what how is that possible that makes me feel not safe knowing that this thing that i was leaning on as an absolute secure real thing is now not true or is only true in this situation you know so uh it's just been coming up a lot the emotional intelligence piece and then i was thinking where does it look where's the boundary of emotional intelligence and for me, the logical, the logical thing that came in and through my mind was relational intelligence, which is how we take the lessons of emotional intelligence and knowing ourselves and knowing our, our um, using emotions as a gauge and not as a guide, but as a gauge to know where we are and how to appropriately interact. Uh, once we start interacting, then it becomes relational intelligence. And how we, you know, how wise we are in uh, with compassion and with uh, just being with our fellow beings. And then you tossed in somatic intelligence. I did. I tossed in somatic intelligence because after you and I spoke yesterday, I thought, okay, well, let me track where I'm where I'm having experiences of these different types of intelligence in my day so far. And I had that thought after I woke up from a nap. Uh, I don't normally take naps, but I took a nap because my body said, we want to lie down. And I thought, 
that's not emotional intelligence. That's not relational intelligence. That's not IQ. That's somatic intelligence. So that's what inspired me to bring it into the mix. In hearing you talk about, and I love hearing you talk about emotional intelligence and where it moves into relational intelligence. And I kind of have a feeling that we're frozen and that you're not hearing me. <laughs> I, I can hear everything that you're saying. Okay, great. Um, I'm here. We're, awesome. we're far from frozen. We are okay, cool. fluid. Cool, because your little, your little picture was like, um, was communication. And that communication mm. is really the key that takes emotional intelligence into the realm of relational intelligence. It's not the only key, but how important communication is for relational intelligence. You know, it, there's the inner speak, right? There's that, the internal voices that we have. And I think that there are different characters in this internal speak, but we have different tones when we're, you know, depending on how we feel and depending on what our experiences are. And some of those voices lean more in the, in the intellectual intelligence. Some of them lean more in, in emotional and some of them are more relational. And there's something about mastering communication, which I think that we are, we are both, I'm witnessing that we are both really interested in mastering and pushing up against uh, where, we, where we can learn to better communicate. And it's not just the intellectual uh, having a better vocabulary, like with more words, right? There's the, um, there's the, I mean, where does quantum languaging fit in? I feel like that's the application of quantum languaging feels like it falls in relational intelligence. I feel like it's emotional and relational because it's both. Because so much of, and people can do with quantum languaging whatever they feel inspired to do. I work so much with quantum languaging, not just in how I'm communicating with others, in my self-talk. And seeing how when I adjust my self-talk with quantum languaging, that lends itself to leaps in, in my own emotional intelligence. I, and for those listeners who are not yet familiar with quantum languaging, it is a delicious paradigm that Danny is creating, um, has created a lot of content for and is creating and does offer in this beautiful world that we share uh, to discard the language that is not serving. It is uh, tying your shoelaces together, uh, so to say, and uh, giving tools and replacement words and having more of a conscious understanding of the impact of our language. And I think we've covered this before in other uh, in another podcast, but the uh, the breakdown of language being a measure of depth, um, lang and lang, lan and gauge language, measure of depth, mm -hmm. and um, and so how how deep how low can you go? <laughs> um, that that piece is so like the quantum languaging piece is such an instrumental tool in understanding that self-talk it's there's something about translating the self-talk when it starts to engage other people right because I'm, I'm sure you've had this experience of changing your self-talk and then watching people in the world change the way that they relate to you yes do you have some um 
any examples of that that kind of come to mind? I know that you've shared so many with me. Of where I make a shift in my self-talk and then people respond to me differently? Yeah. The one that's coming to mind, which is so fascinating to me now, is that now when people meet me, I notice they treat me like a successful, abundant achiever. And that, Excellent. yes. And that is a direct result. That is, that I don't believe that has anything to do with what I've accomplished per se. That has to do with how I've changed my self-talk and how I've changed how I present myself to others. Just changing my story. I'm, I'm seeing a little bit of a corollary here that's just coming through in this moment where uh, approaching that shift from an emotional intelligence place and having the inner talk develop to a place where people are able to, to vibe that. Yes. The intellectual intelligence path of that is what I think we call optics. Speak more about this because we know, you know I have so many opinions on optics. <laughs> Uh, you know, and as do I have so, just a mountain of opinions about optics and, and their function. Um, I think that, and I have experienced that optics are, are presented in order to give us a mental and intellectual framework to see something. So optics are intentionally created. Um, it's like... Uh, it's like when somebody has accomplished something, uh, maybe they've gotten an award or they have a degree um, or they have sold a, uh, their successful company or whatever it is. And every time they are uh, on stage or presenting something, they mention that as a, like an NLP anchor drop so that you associate, you associate with them this level of success or this accomplishment. Okay. Um, there are honest ways to do that that are gentle. And then there are ways of intentionally framing someone's expertise. The, the optics in general, I think, are trying to get us to focus on a very specific tunnel of vision. Tunnel of vision. I don't know if that changes. It does. The way we, oh, interesting. Cool. Yes. Very good sound effects. We're, we're working with what we have here. Nice use of IQ. There we go. Just to play with our tools in that way. I had an idea and then I applied it. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, optics. So the optics piece is this intentional um, framing and giving context to how you are supposed to think about something or see something. Another word for optics could also be propaganda. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like the updated term. It's, it's manipulative. Usually it's manipulative. So, so what I'm, I'm correlating here is that optics slash propaganda works on the intellectual quotient, the intellectual intelligence mm -hmm. in, a, in a similar way or to a similar result as when you have emotional intelligence developments that then people grok the vibration of and then right. respond differently. So if I'm, if I'm understanding you correctly, it feels like the first thing with optics, that doesn't feel authentic to me. That feels like a game. And that's, I feel that like when there's a lot of, um, 
you know, like in our culture, there's a lot of emphasis on IQ, less emphasis on raising our EQ, on raising our RQ, on raising, you know, SQ is probably the lowest. But the first one feels organic and authentic to me because when we, when we adjust our, our self-talk and our internal story, then the way people are responding to us is authentic. It's not a manipulation. I'm not telling a story or putting on a costume to get people to think a certain way. I'm shifting myself at a fundamental level. And then people respond to that when that shift is authentic. What do you think? I agree. That's, um, that's what I've also observed. What do you think the difference between um, practice what you preach, which is a term that I, is, uh, I wonder what the origins of practice what you preach are, but it seems like it's been around for a long time. I have been trying, I've spent the past few days uh, searching for the origin of keep one's word. Mm. I, I haven't found it yet, but there are, I feel like that one might have been in the in the various sites I've gone through to find the origins of that particular idiom. Yeah, like like I practice what I preach or practice what you preach. Seems like a it's a there's like an extra step. It's a, it, to me it doesn't sound like it's in the correct order for for authenticity and and uh, integrity. Right? Why are to we me, preaching? Wh why don't we just? Practicing? Why don't we just be? <laughs> well, well, yeah. There's the preaching piece of it that. Um, that's very prevalent these days. A lot of preaching going on. Um, thanks for thanks to our audience for coming to a podcast episode and to a podcast show where we really do our best to not preach and really just to converse. We're preach-free. <laughs> yeah, we're preach-free. If we preach were a package content. on the shelf, we would have a circle that said preach with a little line through it. Though I, I think that there's a difference between practice what you preach and preach what you practice or share what you practice. Share. I'd love to get away from the word. I understand that that's the expression and I notice that I have, a, I contract around it. The word preach? Preach. It's loaded. It's loaded. Yeah. Yeah. Even the word like preacher. Do you know the difference between like preacher and pastor and minister? Is there a difference of these things? I know nothing about religion. So I'm not asking the right least, person. Yeah, I, I really have the least possible amount of knowledge on this. I know I call them the cross religions. I don't even know the difference. You know, All I know uh, is that I used, to, I used to pray that Prince would knock on my door to proselytize whatever religion he did that for. And I don't even know what that was. But that was like as close as I wanted to come to what I think it was a cross religion. I don't know. You know I had... Uh, I'm having a, a memory of this, um, you know, when you have the solicitation, like people come door to door and they, they share what they believe to be something important for you to learn. Yes. And sometimes there's, uh, I, lo I love people, right? So when someone comes to my door, I'm like, oh, this is someone who wants to talk to me. I'm going to talk to them too. It's not, I'm just not, I'm not a just receiving situation here. And I had some people come by, I think this was in Oakland, uh, who were Baha'i. And I was like, oh, that's so, because I just learned quite a bit. And maybe over the, the previous year and a half, I had been learning a bunch about Baha'i and I'd been to the Baha'i gardens in Northern Israel. Um, and, uh, oh man, I had such a good time in a, 
just in a share of story and consciousness and history that I, I mean, a lot of stuff that I didn't know and just sharing stuff that I didn't know and asking questions. It was so, it was so, um, I just took it as an invitation to take something that seemed like an intellectual and bring it into more of a depth filled. Do you see this motion for those of us? Yeah, there's like a bringing it down. There's a depth filled in. I see in, on an udder when you do this. It's like I'm you're milking. milking. I'm milking the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm milking the conversation just to get more depth, more emotion. And then, then moving that into a relational intelligence. I think when we're doing a relational intelligence properly, then both parties have their cups filled up by the interaction. Mm -hmm. I like that. I really like filled that. Filled up. And I also like what you're saying about, <laughs> unfortunately, the camera was not on you while you were doing that awesome miming. Of the um, milking. People have good imaginations. What I got from what you said, which feels important, is how often in, we'll, we'll exchange information and it'll stay in the intellect. And I, I appreciate what you were saying about wanting to make it a more full spe spectrum, integrated, holistic experience you know I, that's why i appreciate getting things in the body or you know if i'm in like a really intense um you know like workshop where I'm, I'm learning a lot in my head i need to at some point get up and i remember being in a at a three-day gene keys retreat a bajillion years ago in portland and it wasn't landing for me it was all this information and the last day, actually after it was over, there was a party and there was an Uzazu workshop. Do you remember Uzazu with that guy, it sounds, Dylan? It sounds so familiar. Can you Uzazu, Uzazu remember me? is a system of, that combines movement and sound and each one is based on the I Ching hexagram. So there's like a masculine expression and a feminine expression. And as soon as I, took the information that I was working with intellectually and moved it through my body in Uzazu, I got it. That's when I had the breakthrough. It finally made sense. Um, so I'm so excited for the school of yesology, you know, to, to expand such that all these places are being touched equally because it does seem like we tend to, to overvalue the IQ here to the detriment of some of the other cues. I 100% agree that the People other cues are missed. I just said that. <laughs> oh, because you said the cues. That's really good. I like that. Bunch of terrorists over here. Censored. <laughs> Censorship. I think we have a lot more work to do to get censored. Okay. Personally. Okay. Let's but not. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think right. it's going to happen. I'm I'm censored quite enough. <laughs> We're vibrating. We're vibrating on a on a transparent. Can you can you censor something that's transparent? You could try. Don't they try to like patent water? <laughs> <laughs> There's a comedian that start that I saw once. It was like a maybe the the person that comes up like the the preact, and he went into this whole thing about um, owning salt, like or owning different minerals or things of the earth, and it was so funny. I mean, it was the, it was the delivery too, where he was like. So, oh, oh, nice to meet you. What do you do? Like, oh, I own salt. It's like, how can you just come at come at someone with the most impressive thing that you possibly like? What's really gonna I blow their iridium. lid? <laughs> iridium. Yes, I've decided. 
I'm taking ownership of that. Congratulations. I have my team of lawyers on it. (laughs) You are, you actually pre, you have uh, claimed rights to all asteroid mined iridium. Yes. As well. Yes. (laughs) Just for the, just for the immediate 20 light years from your, from your, uh, the center of you as a universe. Yes, I need to, my, my legal team's going to need to renew it in 20 light years. <laughs> we're, get, we're getting a little, we're getting a little uh, technical here. Getting right. technical here. Okay, so <laughs> I, I do think that the other cues are missed, are underutilized, A, and I think also just the way that we bring them back into awareness is practicing them or being aware and being aware when we're in conversation with others, with ourselves, uh, when we're writing uh, an email to someone, whatever it is, how can we bring in those other elements? Like, for example, sometimes when I'm writing a Yes Cacao newsletter, I'll pause in the middle of the copy and invite the person reading to take a deep breath. That's an invitation of somatic intelligence. Hey, audience, uh, why don't you pause and take a nice deep breath. See if you can bring your breath right behind your belly button. And then let it all out as if you're not concerned whether you're going to get another breath. I feel like while the audience is breathing, keep breathing. (laughs) I feel like it's also relational intelligence because it's a moment of you having compassion and tuning in to, to the, your audience's experience instead of it being all about you, right? Because you could take a deep breath while you're typing it if you yourself need a deep breath, but it shows conscientiousness and care for the p- people receiving your message. Thank you for, thanks for seeing that. <laughs> Thank you. Feeling emotional. Feeling it's seen. Generous. Acknowledged. I'm seeing, I'm getting some acknowledgement here. So I wonder if we can go through a couple of uh, like diff- different real world examples, kind of like that, like where I just said, taking, you know, writing, inviting people to take a breath. I said that seems to be in somatic. You said, you're also saying it's also an emotional intelligence or a relational, relational intelligence. So um, something like acknowledgement, you know, when you're, when you're being acknowledged for something that you have done or that you are speaking to or inciting about. Um, where does that land? Acknowledging others or acknowledging what's when you're feeling, when you're acknowledged for something that you've done. So like, let's say we're having a conversation and, uh, let's say I'm calling you for some advice, right? I'm, I'm like trying to work with some, with something. Um, I'm a little confused. I need a sounding board. And I say something to you like, um, you know, I'm really just, I'm I'm really just trying to wake people up. Right. And then you say back to me something like, you know, I, I acknowledge that you have done, you've dedicated a lot of your life to waking people up like that kind of acknowledgement piece. Does that make sense? Where does that look? I would say, are you open for a languaging hack and are you trying to wake people up or are you waking people up? (laughs) So that would be speaking to like an emotional, I mean, to an intellectual intelligence so that I could have a more full 
a more uh, like a better landing emotional and somatic intelligence. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. That would be me inviting you into a deeper layer of your own emotional intelligence. And also. Is, I want to thank our audience for like playing with us here because we're, we don't know. We're learning. We're learning here. Yeah. We don't really know what's going. We, we're, I've never heard the term relational intelligence in, until it popped into my brain two days ago. Yeah, you said RQ, and I was like, oh, it's a thing? It has its RQ. own initials? Great. <laughs> yeah, um, those who are listening right now, consider yourself, um, we're getting in at the, at the ground floor here for this term, for this terminology. Though I think an expansion of intelligence and a diversity of intelligence is so needed right now, so called for. So, so called for. So, okay, let's bookmark that so that I can honor where you're taking our conversation. I do think acknowledgement is a piece of relational intelligence, for sure. Um, humans are well served by being acknowledged and it's, it's a generous act. What popped to mind when you asked me was the first thing did was relational intelligence is that I've noticed when I'm with people who will speak about what they like about our dynamic or what they appreciate or what they notice about it, that strikes me as relational intelligence. When people do that, I think, oh, that's a cool thing that that person does. That's great that they have that skill and that. And I also, in the notes that I was taking on this yesterday, I feel like um, vulnerability is a piece of relational intelligence and a willingness to be vulnerable and, and move into intimacy. Beautiful. I love that. I love including that in the matrix there. Yeah. I mean, what, what is um, someone who is relationally intelligent? When you have relational intelligence, what does that, what does that look like? Uh, how does that come off? Um, I feel like it's a safe, like w when I strive, when I am, uh, when I'm here to be exercising and doing my, my RQ pushups, um, I want to have, I want to be a safe space for people. I want people to be able to voice their opinions, share things, be vulnerable, what, whatever it is that people are, are wherever they're at. I want to be a safe space to me someone who is honed in on their relational intelligence is someone who you feel really comfortable with. A hundred percent. And I, I've said this before, you're definitely my relational, emotional, intelligent. You and my friend, Michelle Duran, you know her, she's making- I love Michelle. Yeah. You guys are kind of my pillars of relational intelligence and there's definitely an allowing and an acceptance and an unconditional love. Um, and I, I, what I see in you, a piece that I'm recognizing as relational intelligence, is there's an active piece of you're willing to go beyond your own perspective and your own knowingness and kind of titrate into where someone else is and play with them there. So there's like a willingness to avail yourself and to kind of extract more information about where they're at or where they're coming from and to play with them where they feel comfortable playing. There's a nimbleness there. There's an adaptability. I, I agree. I'm, I'm thinking about this article I was reading this morning that a friend of mine sent uh, about conspirituality uh, and this term that keeps that I've, I've seen a few times in this last week. 
And uh, my initial, you know, I'm reading this and I have a critical eye and I have, there are things that I take issue with and there are things I'm like, oh, well, this, I'm, I'm observing the author's perspective and where their, their opinion is already stacked. And so I can take the approach of criticizing, or I can take an intellectual approach, intellectual intelligence of criticizing this. And, you know, there's also the place of having the intellectual intelligence to understand what the person is saying behind the words that they're saying. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, my, my relational intelligence peaks up and, and when I'm responding to my friend who sent me the article, I want to know, like, tell me like, what about this article? Like what made you send it to me? What, what is it that, that you're excited about or you feel is so spot on about this? There's, I want to give you space to share with me more of your perspective because I'm not going to jump to conclusions and assume that I know what your motivation is. Yeah. Yeah. I totally see that. I had a conversation yesterday with someone who was really out there and the conversation was veering off topic and it was just going to places. And I saw within myself, like my impatience with it. And then I thought, what would Justin do? How would Justin handle this? And then I just dove in to where she wanted to take the conversation and went there with her and it was more fun and it was more alive and I got to try have, relational intelligence. Because we have these, we have an idea of where we want the conversation to go. Um, you know, sometimes that's like, well, I want to be seen as right at the end of this conversation. Um, that's if I have an addiction to being right, which is just a few episodes ago. Mm -hmm. um, if we let go of that need to get to somewhere in the conversation and really avail ourselves and really be in, a, in an appreciative state, which we were speaking to this yesterday. This is also a guru saying appreciation etymologically is a pre C8, which is without prior sensation. Mm -hmm. So without that agenda, yeah. basically, it's so much more fun and so much more enlightening because it, it doesn't suppose that we already know, which yeah. is intellectual. And well, and I feel like I, 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 I want to talk about IQ a little bit because I also feel like the, the nimbleness that we're talking about and being to, able to relate and go where people are, I feel like that replies that also applies to to true iq like i know there's the iq test and whatever you know the sats and all all that stuff but i see people who are considered very smart and i can see that their brains work well but they're not able or willing to change their mind or or let allow in a different perspective and i feel like that creates I don't feel like that's a that's a fully developed IQ or that's necessarily the like the healthiest IQ. I, I I'm more of a proponent of nimbleness in all of these realms, you know, and I, I feel like that is a sign of intelligence in all of them is the ability to move and shift and see things differently. Have we uh, have you I have not have you looked at the etymology of intelligence since that's at the root of all four of these categories 
Let's look it up. I have a feeling that the title card, the front page for this episode, is gonna is gonna have. I, I can kind of. I'm curious where you're gonna take it. Um, I can see almost like a pie chart. I'm I'm seeding this in your. Oh, I like. I will. So it's like, it's it's like the balance, you know, because I think people have different strengths in each of these things, and the adaptability, the ability to know your is not toss out the other the other ones, but to know where your strength is and use it as a vehicle for better developing the other. Well, and that's really the key, right? Like wherever, I'll just speak for myself. Like I'm, I, I feel like wherever we're strongest, let's work out our weaker, weaker muscles. And it's so often people just stick with what, you know, like if I have really strong biceps and I just keep working in because it's strong and it's an ego thing, it's not going to give me a like balanced holistic thing. It's like, well, then I need to do quads, you know, because I'm not good at them. So I think it's important, I same in the psychedelic conversation, you know, how easy it is as we started this conversation to go way into outer limits, but is it, you know, are you okay with like doing your boring, embarrassing inner child work and cleaning up your diet and, and all the other pieces? Okay. Integration of such things. Intelligence means, Let's see, Latin intelligentsia, understanding, knowledge, power of discerning, art, skill, taste, inter, let's see, uh, to understand, comprehend, legere, choose, pick out, read, collect, gather. So I guess the ability to gather or choose what to comprehend, what to know. Uh, so there's like a discernment piece in intelligence. Discerning is part of it, actually. It says, uh, I mean, the Latin, you know, it has all the derivatives. So it comes from intelligentem, which means discerning. King Solomon. That's all. That's where I'm going right now. King Solomon. Fantastic. Total uh, intelligent. There's an intelligent and uh, prosperous creature in the human also chain really good looking. isn't he known for being super good looking well he was he's known for a lot of things probably good looking definitely uh powerful wealthy abundant 700 wives she gets criticized for but i think maybe the definition of what a wife is or is probably maybe different in the way that we understand it i also feel like it's very hard to hold different cultures in different eons up to our standards of social equity now you totally know it doesn't make sense it's really different ball game so the context is so is super missing it's totally i just heard something beat do you need to chocolate no i mean it's chocolating okay as long as it's not going to build into this giant wave of chocolate and take over the office that'd be cool sometimes. to have on video it's like willy wonka or like a time lapse type of thing i love willy wonka what kind of emotional is it see willy wonka has an intellectual intelligence a relational intelligence and because he works with chocolate he's really working directly with the somatic intelligence what makes you think he's working directly with somatic intelligence because he's also working with chocolate well i, I i'm assuming I imagine, I imagine that Willy Wonka knew that 
chocolate uh, is a delivery system. So that's like, that's very much what we do in Yes Cacao. So using it as a delivery system for expanded states of consciousness, for um, satiating certain, it's like a functional element of chocolate, like if, or not only chocolate, because he had the uh, everlasting gobstopper, right? Which tasted like different things, which took you through a whole meal plan, right? But it also, unfortunately, with Violet Beauregard, did make her turn into a blueberry. It did, but she was a little low on relational intelligence. So I felt like that was part of her, her lesson in that, right? Because she wasn't she the one who was all about her. It was like that her. was Baruch Salt. Oh, Baruch okay. Salt. Okay. I confused the two also. Okay. There might, you know, the, something is brewing here. Something is brewing with uh, the archetypes, like the uh, examples of the hero's journey in learning IQ, EQ, RQ, and SQ. It's like a storyline that's starting to percolate. Oh, I'm um, excited. SQ is one that I would really like us to get on top of because not to go into the realms of the political and too the late. I don't feel like any of the, the mandating would be happening now if we were a somatically intelligent people. And that is one of the reasons why I find it so laughable when the state attempts to tell me what to do with my body because I, I'm like, I'm so, I have so much somatic intelligence. Like, it's really adorable that you think you need to tell me how to handle my health. <laughs> I mean, my it's, it, it was, it was a, I really enjoyed that video that you posted this week. Because it was, it resonated so deeply to think that something external is going to know what's good for my internal based on what's good for all internals, as if everyone is the same exact thing. And then there's like, just to me, it just, it, to me, it's also, um, it's a bit of a farce. But it's also just, it's just missing somatic intelligence. It's missing somatic intelligence. So our, our governor here, she's kind of infamous at this point for these ranty videos where she just shames New Mexicans for not wearing masks and not going along with her things. And it's very angry and hysterical. There's not a lot of emotional intelligence. There's no emotional or relational intelligence in it. And I don't feel like weight is necessarily indicative of somatic intelligence or health. I think everybody's different and some bodies are healthier with more weight. That, that very well might be the case. But in the same time frame that she's shaming us and telling us you know, to wear masks while exercising outside at 7,500 feet altitude, there's a picture of her eating a bowl of chili with chips. And I just burst out laughing like, I would never in a million years take health advice. You're, you're mixing beans and carbs. It's not appropriate food combining. Like you clearly, it just doesn't work for me. <laughs> and so I that's like, that's like your personal experience of your somatic intelligence journey and then extrapolating some intellectual intelligence about how to food combine properly. There's right. a nice, there's a nice overlay. There's a good balance where we can learn different intelligences can learn from each from each of the other quadrants. Correct. Correct. Like how I can really we integrate? Like, 
Yeah, it's all about the integration. And that's how I ended up getting excited about today's topic was realizing, oh, the School of Yasology needs an equal proportionate balance of all of these types of intelligence and, and education around them. And that felt like a, a really worthy topic slash endeavor. It's exciting. I feel like this is just scratching the surface. Um, I do want to scratch a little bit more into this somatic intelligence piece because we've covered kinesiology in prior episodes. Um, but when, and when I think about somatic, somatic is so, even the word to me, knowing what it means is, it's like a, there's a feeling with somatic. It's grok, right? The grok is this term, thank you um, Heinlein for introducing this yeah. word. And it's kind of seen as still as a science fictiony or this, um, it's, it's seen as uh, like a fictional word in some ways, but I definitely grok things when I grok them. The, the, that's a somatic understanding is to grok something. Yeah, grok moves beyond an intellectual understanding and it speaks to a more, I mean, I think it speaks to somatic, it speaks to emotional, there's, it's holistic. I, I think also our culture has been designed around more so intellectual intelligence. So like, if you want to describe how to describe something to someone, we're generally using the intellectual elements and words and descriptors, adjectives to describe an experience that may actually be seated much more it's way more appropriate to have a, um, you know, here's the thing. You can tell someone what it feels like to dance or you can turn some music on and dance with that person. Yeah. And then talk about it after. Yeah. You know, there's, there's something, uh, we don't, we have the tools because we are these beautiful instruments. We have the tools to measure the somatic intelligence. We we are still we taboo a lot of we taboo a lot of um, the sharing of what somatic intelligence is. I mean, I think about sex as well as this way of you know, there's so much somatic intelligence, even just knowing discernment. You know, because somatically your body is generally telling you whether connecting with somebody is in your highest in your highest good or is working. If if, you, if you're grokking someone in that relatedness. Versus sometimes your body's like, no, 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 I definitely don't, even though your mind and your heart are like, yes, I want this. But it, to chuck out the body, there's usually consequences for all of these things. Yes. It's interesting that you say that because I, my friend Ross and I were talking about this. And I think the last time I visited you in Santa Cruz, my body was giving me a real clear somatic no on who I was partnered with at the time, even though my brain and my heart were trying to convince me of a different story. And I feel like when we go, like, as far as on sexual relating, there is what, you know, our own somatic experience, but it also crosses over into the emotional and relational when we're sharing that space with other people, right? Yeah, I mean, there's so much information there. There's so much, so information. much information. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a really clear indication of where we're a bit retarded as a species. Cause we're obviously, you know, especially in the West, like highly intellectual, you know, there's a lot of rational thought, a lot of 
really cool um, innovations that are coming out of the intellect, but just seeing how stunted we generally are here sexually because of, you know, like, to be emotionally intelligent, you need to be able to like recognize a feeling, name the feeling, take ownership of the feeling, not have shame for the feeling. And then you're in relationship, you got to be able to communicate the feeling and be open to where the other person is being. There are all these pieces. And I mean, granted, you and I are operating, you know, we have some pretty high vibe friends who have done a lot of work. And I think in general, like the West is pretty ass backwards still when it comes to sexual relating. Well, it's, it's, um, we're just using the wrong tool to measure something generally. You know, so we have all this information, we're trying to measure it all with the same tool, you know, in that way. Um, something that Zoe uh, and I talk about sometimes and uh, is an interesting indicator of relational compatibility through somatic intelligence is the sense of smell mm-hmm. and the way that a partner or someone smells. Sometimes, you know, that's like a good indicator if you don't, if you don't, like or you're repulsed by the way someone smells or you're super attracted to someone's smell, that's your body's intelligence giving you a red light, green light. And, uh, you know, it's challenging when we're covering our smells and our scents and our pheromones. And, you know, it's, it just makes it a little bit more difficult to listen and learn. Well, and that goes back to optics, just to loop around back to where we came from, right? Those scents are optics. Like, we want people to think we smell this way, but then we're masking what we really smell like and not giving them the chance to really smell us. It's so taboo. It's so taboo to not have, you know, and there's different ways to use it, right? Because there are ways to accentuate certain smells that you have. There are ways there's, you know, like I know, for example, if I'm going to eat garlic or onions, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to smell that through, when, when I'm perspiring. Like I know if I had two days ago, I had um, like a burrito that had like lots of onions in it and I'm exercising today, I'm going to smell. But that's, you know, without it being taboo culturally, to me, there's it's such a cool genius in the way that the body is communicating itself and then moving things out that it no longer needs. It's, it's, a, it's a fascinating it's a fascinating uh, endeavor to, tr- to, to attempt to even map or learn uh, how this magnificent magic, this magic fashion show comes together. It's, it's phenomenal. I feel like it's so crucial to know ourselves in that way. And I, I mean, part of somatic intelligence is knowing what's healthy for us, what's optimal for us and what isn't, and then choosing what is. And I, personally love my like when I'm stinky and I haven't showered for a few days I love my smell and I know that if I don't love my smell something's off like Mm -hmm. that's an indication that something's out of balance and that I need to make some adjustments so I think smells very helpful in that way as far as maintaining an optimized system yeah it's feedback loop yeah sometimes also like my right pit will have this really ripe wow I love that. And my left pit has no smell at all. To me, that's amazing body intelligence. It's, it's, it's like, that's a mind blowing moment. I'm like, you know, I, cause I think I was taught or I just have this understanding that the body 
is all this one organism and when things are coming out, they're coming out, but there's just such a subtle intelligence. You know what else comes to mind with um, somatic intelligence is acupuncture, um, Qigong, these amazing arts and medicine systems that it's intricate. It's, that's very much a part of, of that understanding or even martial arts in general, having that, uh, having that in that somatic intelligence and the muscle memory of knowing body control. Like I, I love that stuff. I love that stuff as well. And I, now that you're saying this, I feel like they're also interconnected. I feel like somatic intelligence is really related to both emotional intelligence and relational intelligence, because when I'm triggered, it's important for me to be able to isolate the feelings, right? to know mm -hmm. where they are in my body and what they're indicating. Or when I'm in, this has happened actually quite a bit recently, when I'm in conversation with someone and I start to have feelings in my body to be able to, to translate what they're telling me and respond appropriately. I feel like they're all really interdependent. Yeah, very complimentary. Let us all venture to master this matrix of intelligence let's do this i want to i want to go deeper in on on some more episodes and and continue as we discuss this I'm totally i'm beyond totally i'm so welcoming of uh, of our audience participation in us understanding through experience through sharing uh this this delicate and very interdependent balance of intellectual intelligence, emotional intelligence, relational intelligence, and somatic intelligence. Whoa, the cues. <laughs> Q cubed. <laughs> Q, Q cubed. This is the Q cube. Q cubed. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the Q cube. Censorship a go-go. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, DK. Do we have other things? Do you want to add anything else into it? I mean, not complete. I feel good for our for today, and I'm also curious to know from our audience any any of these realms of cues, any hacks, any any sort of like tools, tricks, techniques to raise them. Like I find dance to be excellent for my IQ as far as following choreography and needing to like you know ballet like reverse it for my brain. So I'm always welcoming of hacks tips, techniques that I could use for, for any of these realms of intelligence building. Yes to that. Yes. We're learning this together. Your learning is helping me learn. Thank you. Thank Happy you. to be of service. So th that's, uh, that's episode 22. 22? Episode, episode 22. Master Grace number. in the gene keys. Grace in the gene. Oh, I love that. Which we may just come back to. The topic of grace keeps coming up as well. Okay. Delicious. I'm a fan. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thanks, Thank Dad. you, Danny. Yes. <laughs>
with Danny Katz. We'll see you soon, tribe. <laughs> <laughs>